This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 WNBC. Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm superstar Frank Morano. As we warned you yesterday, the New York City Council yesterday overrode the mayor's veto of the How Many Stops Act by a vote of 42 to 9. The six Republicans and three conservative common sense Democrats that are part of this common sense caucus voted to sustain the mayor's veto, but uh, that was not enough to prohibit this bill from becoming law. In essence, uh, this bill will force police officers to submit a record of virtually all public interactions. I'm listening to the police officers on this. So far, every cop that I've spoken to, both retired commissioners, current active police officers, both chiefs and rank and file cops, say this will not be a good thing for morale on the police department and for the state of police community relations. And I have to wonder why this was done. I'm all for holding the police accountable, but we hold the police accountable in a wide variety of ways. First of all, they're all required or mostly required to wear these body camera videos. You also have internal affairs. You have the CCRB, which people are free to make complaints to and frequently do. You have five district attorneys, several of which have had no hesitation at all about investigating complaints about police officers and two U.S. attorneys. Oh, plus an inspector general. So not a single New Yorker, as far as I can tell, will be made safer by this legislation. And I don't think any justice at all will be made fairer. And I think when we're looking at whether or not to pass criminal justice legislation, whether it's on a local level or a national level, that ought to be the barometer. Will people be made safer? Will justice be made fairer? And unfortunately, as far as I could see it, this fails on both levels. I'll tell you politically what's going to be interesting to watch is if the relationship between the city council and the mayor continues to deteriorate from here on in. Because don't forget, they're in the midst of negotiating a budget right now. So if the city council decides to do what they did under Speaker Peter Vallone when Rudy Giuliani was mayor and pass their own budget over the mayor's veto, I shudder to think at what they're going to come up with there. We'll see what happens. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. Are you a New Yorker? Do you want to make some extra money? Well, you know what you can do? You can submit complaints about vehicles idling to Oath, the New York City Office of Administrative Trials and Hearings, and they want to hear from you. Well, almost all of you. They no longer want to hear from Hunter Severini, and they have stopped issuing idling cash rewards to Hunter Severini 
company who has submitted more than 2,000 complaints since 2021 due to threatening emails and voicemails from him. At least that's what they're complaining. So this guy, Hunter Severini, is basically an anti-idling vigilante. He had sent the city numerous videos showing drivers unlawfully spewing exhaust from their idling trucks and buses, but he believed the city clerk in charge of processing his cut of the fines imposed on those drivers was dragging her feet. That's according to documents obtained by the Gothamist detailing his unexpected and unlawful appearance, as described by Oath, in April of 2022. The clerk worked in Oath, a normally pretty boring court that adjudicates summonses for violations of some laws and some city rules. So Severini estimates he's filed more than 2,000 idling complaints since 2021. That's more than two per day. But his presence in the office that day sparked a panic among staffers. The clerk had received threatening emails and voicemails from Severini and was alarmed and feared for her safety, according to Oath Records. Severini had accessed an employee-only floor. Security was notified and Severini Severini eventually left the Manhattan offices on John Street. The NYPD investigated the incident, but they didn't make an arrest. The intrusion was part of a years-long dispute between Severini and Oath. The episode highlights alleged abuse of the idling law, which the city council and Mayor Adams want to expand. So under current city law, a citizen can submit a video to the Department of Environmental Protection showing a vehicle idling for more than three minutes or more than one minute near a school. If the city determines a violation occurred and Oath collects an idling fine, the city complainant gets a 25% cut. Fines range anywhere from $350 for a first-time offender to $2,000 for a serial offender. That means complainers like Severini could earn anywhere from $87.50 to $500 per complaint. But in December, Severini was suspended from appearing before Oath for 180 days for submitting the same video of an idling truck four times, claiming the offense occurred at a different address each time. So they don't want to hear from this guy anymore. They still want to hear from you, but not him. And I'm wondering, what is this all about? Is this a function of Oath not wanting to give this guy his cut anymore? Is this a function of Severini being a little too aggressive in asking for his money? Or is he actually being abusive? Was he trying to get one over on this agency? It's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out. I don't know what will happen. Beam me up! To be continued. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Well, there is another candidate jumping in to the U.S. Senate race. Yesterday, Cape May County hotelier Curtis Bashaw announced his candidacy for U.S. Senate as a Republican, becoming the second major Republican to formally enter the race. It's very interesting and to see where this goes. Curtis Bashaw is gay, and he's donated to some Republicans over the years, but he's also donated to a lot of Democrats. He doesn't necessarily have a long track record of being excessively 
ideological one way or another. Also, a very close friend of former New Jersey governor and very likely the next mayor of Jersey City, Jim McGreevy. In fact, McGreevy named him the executive director of the CRDA, the group that basically runs things in Atlantic City. And he was one of the few people at Drum Thwacket with McGreevy 20 years ago when Jim McGreevy came up with his gay American resignation plans. I met Curtis Bashaw at a fundraiser, I think a charity fundraiser, about nine or ten years ago. And I sat next to him. I just happened to sit next to him. Didn't know who he was. But I have to tell you, I was so impressed with this guy. I thought he was such an interesting storyteller and had such a great passion for Kate May, which is something that I'm very passionate about as well, that I found him intriguing. And I think... The more the people of New Jersey get to know him, they're going to find him intriguing as well. I haven't spoken to him in nine years, so I certainly wouldn't call him a friend, although I did enjoy the one conversation that we had together. Here's a little bit from his announcement video. You know, I think the people of New Jersey deserve better. I'm definitely a political outsider uh, with a business mind. I've been blessed with the opportunity to have grown a business over 35 years in our state. And when I look at the dysfunction in our government, especially our Congress, uh, if I had a department that's dysfunctional or unproductive, I would sort of take it apart and put it back together. I think people are going to underestimate Curtis Bashaw at their own peril. And kind of like I said with John Bramnick the other day, I think this is someone who actually might have the potential to win over a lot of Democrats and independents in the general election and potentially give New Jersey its first Republican U.S. senator since Clifford Case. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Well, there is another candidate jumping in to the U.S. Senate race. Yesterday, Cape May County hotelier Curtis Bashaw announced his candidacy for U.S. Senate as a Republican, becoming the second major Republican to formally enter the race. It's very interesting and to see where this goes. Curtis Bashaw is gay, and he's donated to some Republicans over the years, but he's also donated to a lot of Democrats. He doesn't necessarily have a long track record of being excessively ideological one way or another. Also, a very close friend of former New Jersey governor and very likely the next mayor of Jersey City, Jim McGreevy. In fact, McGreevy named him the executive director of the CRDA, the group that basically runs things in Atlantic City. And he was one of the few people at Drum Thwacket with McGreevy 20 years ago when Jim McGreevy came up with his gay American resignation plans. I met Curtis Bashaw at a fundraiser, I think a charity fundraiser, about nine or 10 years ago. And I sat next to him. I just happened to sit next to him. Didn't know who he was. But I have to tell you, I was so impressed with this guy. I thought he was such an interesting storyteller and had such a great passion for Kate May, which is something that I'm very passionate about as well, that I found him intriguing. And I think the more the people of New Jersey get to know him, they're going to find him intriguing as well. I haven't spoken to him in nine years, so I certainly wouldn't call him a friend, although I did enjoy the one conversation that we had together. Here's a little bit from his announcement video. You know, I think the people of New Jersey deserve better. I'm definitely a political outsider uh, with a business mind. I've been blessed with the opportunity to have grown a business over 35 years in our state. And when I look at the dysfunction in our government, especially our Congress, uh, if I had a department that's dysfunctional or unproductive, I would sort of take it apart and put it back together. 
I think people are going to underestimate Curtis Bashaw at their own peril. And kind of like I said with John Bramnick the other day, I think this is someone who actually might have the potential to win over a lot of Democrats and independents in the general election and potentially give New Jersey its first Republican U.S. senator since Clifford Case. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. As many of you know, Congressman Jamal Bowman is facing a very tough re-election fight this year in the person of George Latimer, who's running in a Democratic primary with the strong backing of a lot of pro-Israel groups. And in fact, a lot of prominent Jewish groups in the district are trying to wage a registration drive to get Republicans and independents that might be Jewish or moderate to switch over to the Democratic Party so that they can vote for Latimer over Bowman in the Democratic primary. It's going to be a very interesting race. I don't know what's going to happen. And now Jamal Bowman, who represents both the Bronx and Westchester County, is under fire for espousing some conspiracy theories about September 11th and the terrorist attacks while serving as a public high school principal. Now, this was not in his capacity as a principal, but in his capacity as someone that was a blogger. So basically, Bowman, a member of the squad, kept a blog that claimed World Trade Center Building Number 7 was destroyed in a controlled demolition and that hijacked Flight 93 and Flight 77 caused minimal damage and left behind very little debris. The posts, which were unearthed by the Daily Beast, were reportedly made before 2014 when Bowman was principal at the Cornerstone Academy for Social Action in the Bronx, and they were deleted by 2016. Uh, Mr. Bowman claimed that Osama bin Laden was blamed for the attacks as an excuse to wage war in Afghanistan when, in fact, the terror leader had openly taken credit for the massacre. Investigators have determined that Building 7 buckled after debris from the Twin Towers started the fire and hijackers steered Flight 77 into the Pentagon in Virginia. Jamal Bowman has issued a statement saying he regrets his past blog posts, but he didn't clarify why he wrote them at the time. He said, quote, well over a decade ago, debating, diving into a doctoral degree, I explored a wide range of books, films, and articles across a wide swath of the political spectrum and processed my thoughts in a personal blog that few people ever read. I have to tell you, I think it's interesting that he wrote this, and I think it's a very fair question to ask him what he believes occurred on September 11th. But I don't think actions that took place before he was in Congress that he's not necessarily ascribing to these days should be the determining factor in whether he's elected or not. And I'm thinking to myself, on this show, not that I've endorsed any of these 9-11 conspiracy theories, but I have showcased just about every conspiracy theory imaginable. And I don't think providing a platform for a wacky conspiracy theory should disqualify you from office, especially if it was long before you were ever elected. And as is the case with Jamal Bowman, didn't seem to affect anything he did as a principal. I'm no great fan of Jamal Bowman. I wouldn't vote for him. But I'm not sure if this is the reason I wouldn't vote for him. I think it's a fair question to ask. And I'm eager to see what else he has to say about this. But I don't think this in and of itself should be disqualifying. I certainly hope it's not because we focus on all a lot of conspiracies here. Beam me up. To be continued.